Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead, make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, 89.3. Commence primary ignition. If you tuned in the whole day last Thursday the 9th on Money FM 89.3, you would have heard Burt Bacharach's songs and the history behind the songs played throughout the whole day. And then it was a Valentine's show last weekend, so this weekend on Movie Magic, we're paying tribute to this iconic songwriter whose music can be heard in many movies. And I'm going to name just a few, but before I do that, let's journey through the life of Burt Bacharach, who died at the age of 94 on February the 8th. Now, he was not only a songwriter and composer, but also a record producer, pianist, conductor, and singer. Although, he left his songs to be sung mostly by other people. Dionne Warwick was one of the many. Bert Backrack was born on May 12, 1928, in Kansas City, Missouri. His father, Mark, was a well-known syndicated newspaper columnist. His mother was an amateur painter and songwriter that encouraged little Bert to play the piano, drums, and cello during his growing up years. He showed a keen interest in jazz as a teenager. He didn't quite like his classical piano lessons, but he had to take them despite him, you know, disliking it. And I think it paid off too. And since he loved jazz, he used a fake ID to gain admission into 52nd Street nightclubs in Manhattan. There he got to listen to bebop music, such as Dizzy Gillespie, who's known for his puffed up cheeks when he plays the trumpet, and Count Basie, another wind instrument artist whose style influenced his songwriting. Bert Bacharach studied music and he achieved his Bachelor of Music in 1948 at McGill University in Montreal, Canada. He also studied under Helmut Bloom at the Main School of Music in New York City and at the Music Academy of the West in California. During this period, he studied a range of music, including jazz harmony, which became important to his songs. Yes, you know, his songs are pop, which caters to the masses, but it has a jazz influence, which, you know, the general public can't tell. Bert Bacharach was drafted into the U.S. Army in 1950 and served for two years. He was stationed in Germany and played piano in the officers' club there and at Fort Dix and Governor's Island. During this time, he arranged and played music for dance bands. He met the popular singer Victor Mohn while they were both serving in the army in Germany. Following his discharge, he spent the next three years as a pianist and conductor for Victor Mohn. He started touring the world when he was 28. He loved touring in Russia and Poland because the violinists were extraordinary and musicians were greatly appreciated by the public. He liked Edinburgh, Paris and the Scandinavian countries. And he also felt at home in Israel. Why shouldn't he? He was Jewish by birth. 
1957, Burt Bacharach met Hal David, who began writing lyrics for Burt Bacharach's compositions. It was a made-in-heaven writing partnership. They received a career breakthrough when their song, The Story of My Life, which was recorded by Marty Robbins, became a number one hit on the U.S. country charts in 1957. From then on, it was only going to get better. And if I list the songs that Burt Bacharach wrote for all the singers and songwriters he collaborated with, we'll be here the whole day. So coming up on Movie Magic, I'm going to feature some of the movies and TV shows uh, that are sprinkled with Burt Bacharach songs. Stay with me on Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Burt Bacharach's best songs are iconic. None more so than the Oscar-winning Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head from the film Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, for which he won the Academy Award for Best Original Score. He would later win his third Oscar, Best Original Song for Arthur's Theme, sung by Christopher Cross, which has a very catchy line. Bert Vacarac earned his first Oscar nomination with Tom Jones' signature song. You know, this is a song where Tom Jones belted out those whoa, 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 in What's New, Pussycat? Bacharach's second Best Song Oscar nomination, again with Hal David writing the lyrics, was Alfie from the 1966 British film of the same name that made Michael Caine a star. The lyrics came from the line of a dialogue in the movie where Michael Caine asked, What's it all about? It was used during the end credits with Celia Black in the original UK release, then Cher's version for most of the world, including the US, but neither version made much of an impact on the US charts. But a year after its initial release, Dionne Warwick's cover reached number 15 on the Billboard charts. However, it lost the Oscar to Born Free, which had the advantage of already having been a top 10 hit ahead of the Oscars. Now, there's a parody of a James Bond film. It's titled Casino Royale. No, not the one with Daniel Craig. Uh, this was released back in the 60s, which starred David Niven as James Bond and Peter Sellers as Evelyn Tremble. Now, Burt Bacharach's third Oscar nomination, after What's New Pussycat and Alfie, was for The Look of Love. This is a seductive song sung by a silky, dusty Springfield. The scene is memorable, where Swiss-German actress, former model and sex symbol Ursula Andress, who was also a Bond girl in Dr. No as Honey Rider, is trying to seduce Peter Sellers. The iconic scene is when she invites him into her home and they are walking in slow-mo behind a long fish tank. He has his eyes on the fish swimming, while she has her eyes on him. It's funny, but at the same time seductive because of the song. And speaking of casinos, in the movie Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, in the final scene of the movie where it's all quiet, the four actors are seen walking out of their hotel rooms. There's no dialogue, but when the button for the elevator is pressed, that's when the French horn of What the World Needs Now by Jackie DeShannon starts. Remember the movie My Best Friend's Wedding? Well, in that movie... There's a scene where George is pretending to be Julia Roberts' fiancé, but he kind of embarrasses her at a dining table surrounded by her close ones, singing I Say a Little Prayer by Burt Bacharach. And then the whole restaurant joins in. This is just a wonderful, happy scene. 
Bird Backrack's song, That's What Friends Are For, performed by Dionne Warwick and Friends, and the friends are Stevie Wonder, Elton John, and Gladys Knight, in 1987, is the song that most people remember. However, it made its debut in the 1982 Ron Howard movie, Night Shift, and it was performed by Rod Stewart. Canadian actor Mike Myers is a big fan of Burt Bacharach because in his slapstick parody James Bond movies, the Austin Powers trilogy, he featured Burt Bacharach's songs. In International Man of Mystery, Austin Powers is seen with his beautiful girl played by Elizabeth Hurley and they are riding on an open air bus while Burt Bacharach is playing the piano and singing What the World Needs Now. In The Spy Who Shagged Me, the scene is Burt Bacharach playing the piano while Elvis Costello on the guitar performs I'll Never Fall in Love Again. In Goldmember, the lyrics of Elfie were changed to Austin and it was performed by Susanna Hoffs. There are many movies that feature songs from the late Burt Bacharach and there will be many more. Coming up, we're going to pay tribute to a sex symbol from the 60s. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Now, it depends on which part of the world you come from. In North America, her name is pronounced Raquel, but in Latin America, it's pronounced as Raquel. So, to play safe, let's call her Welsh. But she was nearly called something else, and I'll tell you how silly the executives in Hollywood are in just a bit. Welch was born in Chicago, Illinois. Her father was from Bolivia and of Spanish descent. They moved to California when she was two years old. She took ballet lessons when she was seven and continued for 10 years until her instructor told her that she didn't have the right body shape to be a ballet dancer. But she had something to fall back on. You see, although she was forced to leave ballet when she was 17, she was already taking part in beauty pageants when she was 14, and she won beauty titles such as uh, Miss Photogenic and Miss Contour. And then, while attending La Jolla High School, she won the title of Miss La Jolla and the title of Miss San Diego, the fairest of the fair, at the San Diego County Fair. This long line of beauty contests eventually led to the state title of Maid of California. Of course, Hollywood would then come knocking when you're good-looking and when you have all the curves. But prior to Hollywood, she graduated with honors from high school in 1958. She received a scholarship in theater arts when she entered San Diego State College, and the following year, she married her high school sweetheart, James Welsh. Her name when she was born was Jo Raquel Teada. She worked as a cocktail waitress and also a weather girl on a TV station. With the name Raquel Welch, and this was after her marriage, and when she was on an acting contract, the Hollywood executives wanted her to change her name from Raquel to Debbie. She said no, and they told her to think about it. She said there was nothing to think about, and she stuck to her name. Well, good on her. She first won attention for her role in Fantastic Voyage in 1966, after which she won a contract with 20th Century Fox. They lent her contract that same year to the British studio Hammer Film Productions, and they made 1 million years B.C. Now, if you have a chance to see this poster, she is clad in a furry kind of caveman-like bikini. And that, that poster made her into a sex symbol. That opened doors to many films. 
She won a Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture in a Musical or Comedy in 1974 for her performance in The Three Musketeers. She was also nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in Television Film for her performance in the film Right to Die in 1987. In 1995, Welch was chosen by Empire Magazine as one of the 100 sexiest stars in film history. Playboy Magazine ranked her number three in their 100 sexiest stars of the 20th century list. Now, she leaves behind two children, Damon, a son, and Tani, a daughter. And her daughter is as stunning as her. Tani is a splitting image of her mother and posed for Playboy as well in the November 1995 issue. However, her daughter admitted that she had a difficult childhood with her mother and they did not have a close relationship. She also ran away from home. Welsh admitted in an interview with the Daily Mail that with success, she prioritized her career above her children, often abandoning them with nannies while she took part in assignments far, far away. She also frequently signed letters to her children with just her signature, Rachel and not mom or mummy. It was as if she was signing an autograph for her fans. She also admitted that her kids will not give her an A as a parent. Now, you can read all about this and more about her life and relationships in her autobiography, Beyond the Cleavage. We are remembering the life of Raquel Welch right here on Money FM 89.3. And this is Movie Magic. And I'm Colin Gomez, your host. If you go on YouTube, you'll be able to find her fitness as well as her yoga videos. She maintained a good body even at an older age. Yes, she was a sex symbol. And my friend James Vaz, when he was younger, had many dreams about her. Money FM 89.3 Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. Raquel Welch passed away peacefully due to a short illness at the age of 82 on February the 15th. While doing my research on her, I also found out that she acted in an Elvis movie titled Roustabout. And now I'm a little curious to watch this Elvis movie that she was in. You're tuned to Money FM 89.3. And today we celebrated the lives of Raquel Welch and Burt Bacharach's songs that were featured in movies. So I'd like to bookend this show with one of Burt's songs um, that was sung by Neil Diamond after the two of them watched a screening of E.T. It's titled Heartlight. I'm Colin Gomez, and until the next time on Movie Magic, keep calm and stay safe.